Hey, all you nostalgic music lovers. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This Endorian Life, Previously on X-Men, and 90s Music Got Me Like. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today, Kendra, today is a special day because we are looking back at the Beverly Hills 90210 soundtrack, Songs from the Peach Pit, with special guest, Eric Mickles. Eric, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was that was wow. so vanilla. It's What's like happening? What Your best NPR impression? Yeah, I'm sorry. Really? I thought yeah, Eric, I, was, I was just trying please, to be polite. I'm a guest. Tell me about your delicious dish. Why don't you, <laughs> Eric? Uh, you've been on all. This is our third soundtrack album. The first was wow. in the year 2000. Do you guys remember that year? The year sure. Uh, 20, no, it was 2020. It was 2020. Oh, okay. It's uh, like wow. Terrible. When it was 14. <laughs> pretty terrible year. Uh, and as I recall, we had mixed feelings about that soundtrack the original one yeah the high school the original years. one the high school years had some merit the college years soundtrack was a terrible experience for all of us it was I weird so. yeah. yeah a weird collection nothing nothing from that was worth listening to yeah. a second time and it didn't even include the theme song yeah so there was like no redeeming qualities the college one was like uh david was like hey i've got some friends and these are their demo tracks will you listen to it yeah <laughs> and we yeah, did that's that's exactly what it was Thanks, like. David. That's exactly what it was like. This one was a little surprising for me too because I was expecting more like fifties, yeah, like sock as was I. But this was all like funky sixties and seventies, like late seventies. So yeah, kind of weird. Surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a good time, but it wasn't what I was expecting. Like when I've seen this episode or when I've seen the soundtrack around, I just was thinking of something different. But anyway, let's do it. It's good to know what we should be hearing when they go yes. into the peach pit, at least. Correct. All right, let's crack open the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This album was released on October 1st, 1996. <gasps> Here's what was going on during the summer hiatus. Woo! Well, now who's vanilla? I listened to this podcast, <laughs> and that was a pretty vanilla reading. <laughs> Birthdays, July 16th, Annalyn McCord, who played Naomi in the CW years, turned nine. July 22nd, Rob Estes, Harry Wilson in the CW years, and Kyle McBride on Melrose Place turned 36. Mm. July 26th, Cress Williams turned 26. We hardly knew you, Deshaun. <laughs> and July 30th, Hilary Swank, Carly in the later years, turned 22. That's right. One death to mention, June 27th, Albert R. Cubby Broccoli, producer of many James Bond films. All of them, right? Yeah, pretty Up much. Until, I think the until that point. Yeah. And then oh, wow. is it his, I think it's yeah, his I just wife, read what's Marber in front Broccoli? of me. So. I know. Yeah. Ron the, Burgundy uh, over there. The, uh, the Bond films are basically, like all the Bond films you know are basically like a family affair production. That's true. That is true. I was just listening to a podcast and they talked about a a broccoli, but I don't think it was this broccoli. Well, could uh, be Barbara. Barbara broccoli. I think it was over. Barbara. Albert's yeah. daughter is now in charge of them. Gotcha. So, movies. July second, Theodore Rex with Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> debuted. <laughs> One of the most expensive direct-to-video movies ever made. Oh my word! She it, she like agreed 
kind of to be in this and then it wasn't looking like it was going to be hot so they like they had some answering machine tapes with her agreeing to be on it and they brought her to court and used that to get her to be in it and like the producer mm. later was like i learned you can't sue your star and get yeah. <laughs> good results probably not probably not it's if i had just a few wishes one of them would be that we did this theodore rex episode before three nice things went away because <laughs> if Boy. any movie needs it bring it it's back for, for bring it back in my life in my life i have watched theodore rex twice i've never seen wow. it not yeah, a second no, I haven't of it. either. I was gonna nope. watch anything that had a dinosaur in it as a kid, but yeah. even I knew after the second time, like, not again, no more. <laughs> Twice was enough. He ate cookies, was his thing. He was a big T Rex, and he went to like a at one big party. There was a cookie bar. He's like, "Can I just have as many as I want?" And the waiter's like, "Yeah." And Theodore's like, rawr, 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 rawr. "It's just." <laughs> tell me, tell me another movie that you would equate with how bad it is. Oh, jeez. Give me a comparison. A but, movie I've, I've never seen. seen it, so it's up to Eric. Yeah, that's hard. I don't know. I mean, the Mario Brothers movie kind of oh, comes okay. to mind, but Mario Brothers at least has like a production <laughs> style to it. <laughs> Yeah, like the company just realized the amount of money they spend on it, they still would make money, just more money putting it direct to VHS than putting it in theaters. That's brutal. <laughs> July 3rd, Phenomenon with John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker. I have never seen this movie. But have you seen Michael with John Travolta? No, I haven't. He's like a sleazy angel. He's all like, he's a womanizing angel. Yeah, and He kind of yeah. helps Andy McDowell out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, July 10th, Harriet the Spy with Michelle Trachtenberg and Rosie O'Donnell. I loved that movie. I <laughs> I have a memory in my brain of I was watching this movie, loving every second of it, wanted a composition notebook all my own. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, my mom saw something in it she did not like <laughs> and made me turn it off. And I was really, really upset. About I'm, it. I'm a plead the fifth. And on I've that. never and I've never seen the whole thing. I, I loved like, it so to much. This day. I have uh, good memories of bright orange VHS tapes with the Harry Potter. Oh Spy boy, on. yeah, they yes. were orange. <laughs> July seventeenth, Kazam, starring oh, Shaq. Gosh, now, okay, maybe compare I... this to freaking <laughs> Theodore Rex. I don't think that I have seen Kazam all the way through. Like, I, I definitely have seen sequences. I don't know that I ever like sat down. There's and a moment it. where he has to explain his origin to the kids, so he raps. Ugh. Multiplicity with Michael Keaton and Andy McDowell. Nick likes that. This movie. is oh my gosh! This is this is top ten for me. Top five maybe. I love of this all movie. time. I Jeez just Louise. love it. It's so much. It's like Michael Keaton at his Michael Keatoniest, and you get like four <laughs> different versions of him. Andy McDowell also in this movie. It's, it's I love it. I love it. July nineteenth. A lot of the, movies. The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. Oh, I was yeah. just talking about this movie today. Mere That's hours weird. ago, I was talking wow. about with it. With whom? With my brother. Oh. But we we've, all watched we've this all seen together. It. Yeah, yeah. This we was my pick during one for Halloween. Uh, one for Halloween. It's, yeah. it's not perfect, but for some reason, I like it. It's interesting. It I, takes, I'll give it that. It's it, unique. It just like slows down to almost a halt, like yeah. in his third act, and then it kind of picks up again. It's yeah. got uh, Gary Busey's son, whatever his name is. I can never yeah. remember. <laughs> I think it's yeah. Jack or Jason. Jack, or... No, I think it's Jack Busey. Yeah, it's got Jack Busey in it as somebody you're like. And he's he... terrified. He's crazy. <laughs> Why have they not made a movie with Gary Busey and Jack Busey just oh terrifying gosh. a neighborhood? Nobody would insure it. Nobody would allow <laughs> that to happen. You want to do what? No, 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 no. <laughs> 
Also on July 19th, Train Spotting with Ewan McGregor. I literally just watched this movie like three weeks ago. You did. And? I had never, it's good. Uh, okay. in, in an improv show, we do those that game that you might see on a... Who's Line, the Party Quirks game, yes. where like all the guests, are, and one of them is I'm trapped in a movie, and somebody on my team was trapped in train spotting, but they had never seen it. So I told them what I knew, and then I'm like, you know, I've never seen it. And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, I didn't totally know what I was talking you about. You were wrong. You were did, correct. Did okay. they, were they able to make the person guess? Oh, man, guess? it was awful. <laughs> the person could not guess. The other guy hadn't seen it, so it didn't have any many clues. <laughs> so it was, uh... yeah, it was rough. August 13th, oh. Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Yeah, love it. Never love seen that. it. Actually. So good. Robin Williams goes back for it. Yeah. Yes, He's he does. Homer Simpson is the voice of Genie in the second movie in Return mm-hmm. Jafar. But then, and, and the, the show. Series, yeah. yeah. But oh. then they get Robin Williams back. So they're like, sorry, Dan Castella. Yeah, yeah, you're I've out. Seen, well, I've, that's a lie. I've seen parts of this movie. I don't think I've seen it all the way through, but I've seen the trailer a million times. Yeah, the, in, some movie had the whole finally getting married song. Yes, yes. Okay. They're finally okay. getting married in a wedding. Yeah, in yeah. A group yeah that's yeah, what that's I've it. seen. I don't you're know right. what Disney movie I watched. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Maybe the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh or something. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Pocahontas. (laughs) TV, June 26th, David E. Kelly's Picket Fences ended its run. How's that, Nick? This is one of those shows that is like a very... I I have memories of this show from childhood, but it always looked scary to me it seemed like it was something i sh- wouldn't be allowed to watch not that i should have been watching 90210 at this age but <laughs> I, i've never seen it i mean i love david e kelly stuff it crosses over with the x files at, at one point it's oh. uh i don't know i need to watch it i never have though okay august 10th airless arless arless, I think arless. It's arless. yeah also i'm pretty sure those s's are dollar signs in the they show are, they are dollar signs <laughs> yeah with uh robert wool and sandra O oh begins on hbo yeah, you I didn't watch it. Is, you're right. Yeah, but it's one of those ones that everybody talks about. Yeah. still. If you had like HBO in the '90s, you were living it up. <laughs> you loved it. You loved Arliss. <laughs> Music. July second, Blues Traveler released their live album, Live from the Fall, with cuts from their 1995 tour, which the gang went to see. That's a lot of harmonica. That's right. Do you remember that? Do you remember that we were like, why do they have tickets to Blues Traveler yeah, in the '90s? All- yeah. yeah. Of all the bands. And we looked it up and it was like in that those months Blues Traveler was on tour and it was like, yeah. okay, fine. Go ahead. July Go 9th, Leanne Rimes released her debut album, Blue, which went to number one on the country charts. Well, How do we feel about Leanne Rimes? I loved Leanne Rimes growing up. Not but now. I was like super into country growing up. Yeah. Yeah. That really makes liked sense. Leanne Rimes. I like How Do I Live Without You from uh Con Air, done by okay. Leanne Rimes. Okay. That's a good one. At the end where he's like, I got you this bunny. And she's like, honey, you say hello to your daddy. And she's like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, that's all right. And then they do hug. And it's, I don't know. You know? It's yeah. a good movie. It I sounds like good. Movie. Yeah. You've never seen Con Air? No, I haven't. Oh, my word. You'd like it. It's fun. I'm not right. saying there's such thing as a perfect movie, but Con Air may be one perfect of them. Perfect movie. Okay. It's a romp, for sure. <laughs> July 16th, uh, Tonic released their... Debut album, Lemon Parade. Have you ever known anyone that calls soda tonic? No. I have not, but I was not born in the 1800s, so that could be why. <laughs> okay. Hey, I skipped one. Uh, Chaos okay. and Disorder from Prince oh, yeah. came out on July oh, 9th. Prince. Yeah. I used to carpool with Nick when he was trying to get into a print and getting into hey, Prince. You, you, you've said that on one of these episodes before. <laughs> I just saw a Prince CD and I bought it. 
and I didn't like it, and that's it. That's the whole thing. I like Raspberry Beret. I like Kiss. Do you like the bad Eric dance? didn't know Raspberry Beret until I introduced really? it to him. Oh, wow. If yeah, the chipmunks yeah. didn't cover it, I didn't know it from the 80s. Yeah, I fair. Listen, I played the bat. Every time I went to Pizza Hut, I played the Prince Batman song on the jukebox every single time. <laughs> Video <the> games. <laughs> Video games. June 26th, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 was released on the SNES. Cool. Okay. No, but if you were playing Mortal Kombat, you didn't want to play it on the Super Nintendo. News I know that's me. right. And if you were a Street Fighter player, you didn't need Mortal Kombat. Uh-uh. And if you were Burn. playing Justice League Task Force on a Sega Genesis, forget about it. July 19th, Saturn Bomberman was released for the Sega Saturn. Yeah. Do you know you know who Bomberman is? No. Oh, okay. I just read what's on the page. Right. I don't have to know what it is. July 26th, Bust a Move 2 Arcade Edition was released on the PS1. Yeah. I did love Bust a Move. That was a great game. That's one of those, like, you got to shoot the little ball, line up the colors, and then they go oh, away. Oh, I love those kinds of so games. So much fun. So much fun. Did you ever played, uh, is it called Sneed or Snood? Snood. 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 I love Snood. Yeah. My my wife, she doesn't play it anymore, but she went through a phase where it was like all snood all the time, baby. <laughs> all right. A couple other things to mention. July 5th, Dolly the Sheep, the first successfully cloned mammal, was born mm. in Scotland. I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. I you guys weirdly remember this. Remember this. I, I know about big. this. Yeah, it's big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just like everybody was like, well, that's it. Yep. Society's over. Yeah. We can make sheep now, so forget it. Pack yeah. it in. We're done. You know... I know, like, none of it really led anywhere in 2000, but, like, yeah. we were dealing with a lot of future stress in the 90s. It's true. We it like, is true. Yeah. Y2K, we're cloning sheep. Yeah. It was just a lot. You know, why, a lot's why, going on. why aren't we cloning things now well, in, in 2023? I think we, it's a great question. We are. We are? I mean, I think because we're, we're overly focused on oil. Mm. Mm, yeah. We should be cloning oil. That's what we should be doing. Am I right? (laughs) They should make the whole plane out of oil. Uh, July 19th, the Summer Olympics began in Atlanta. Oh, just in time for Dolly to join. The United States walked away with the most medals, 101 in total, with 44 gold. Oh, well, Dolly would have been playing for Scotland, so. Yeah, she would have. I love the Olympics so much. I know you do. Are we all going to the Olympics in Los Angeles in 2028? Or whatever. I don't know if I want to go to Los Angeles in 2020 now. Well, that's yeah, too bad. This is probably when point. we can go. So I've gone to two former Olympic villages, Kendra. I've <gasps> been to the one in Lake Placid, and I've been to the one in Salt Lake City. So did you do that? We went to Atlanta. Just in fact. Well, I we did go to Atlanta recently, and I took a picture in front of the Olymp- Olympic rings, yeah. but we didn't go to the Olympic there you village. Go. Oh, that's true. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's where it happened. Cool. That's, that's where, where former all Olympians all just sit and garden and grow yeah. their food and. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's system. like Disney, how you can retire to Disney, yeah. but for Olympians. Yeah, they do everything we do, just very fit, <laughs> extravagant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh, mm-hmm. Huh, huh. <laughs> All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. Okay, this is a fun one, Kendra. In 2023, Carol Potter, who played the mom, Eric, she was she was the mom, Mrs. Walsh, Cindy yeah. Walsh. In 2023, she voiced the character of Emma in the podcast series Undertow. Young, bored, and with a penchant for mischief, Emma and her 
friends made their own entertainment in a seaside town in Maine. They got up to things that any crew of teenagers would. Up until the night, things went too far, and what started as a harmless prank had deadly consequences that would last decades. Now, 50 years later, Emma, as played by Carol Potter, is returning to the Blackout Point Lighthouse, the site of a horrific tragedy, to settle things once and for all. Wow. Wait, is this not just Darkness Falls? Maybe it is. I don't know. It sounds and really can, interesting. You can listen to it as a podcast oh starring you know wow. uh, Cindy Walsh. I don't think Letterbox has it marked that I've seen Darkness Falls. I got to fix that. Yeah. You yeah. Get right on that. that. I might get listen on to that. Darkness I think you should. I, yeah. I think I might. All right. Well, let's look at the synopsis for this album, which yeah. and by that, I mean uh, the CD liner notes i I wonder too uh eric as our guest would you mind reading this and in character as nat because if you'll see here on my cd uh this is from nat this is what nat says about the cd so i'd like you to just if you could do a dry reading of this for us uh well having only listened to the podcast i'm going to assume (laughs) that sounds something like this all right hit it be it after school nights the weekends all of the 90210 kids meet at the Peach Pit for the best burgers in town. Not awful. <laughs> oh, I gotta serve up a good time as well as great food, so I make sure my jukebox is always well stocked with good old rock and roll. The kids are usually looking for new music, but if you haven't heard something yet, that makes it new. When somebody punches up some Kinks or Otis Redding, or even a disco record, it's amazing how they relate to the music. Whatever's going on in their lives, it's always something other kids went through back then, too. The songs are also really cool for me to listen to, and remember when I dot dot dot. (laughs) Good. You know, he kind of like slipped into it. And yeah. then he would like get out of it. Yeah. Actually, I don't yeah. know what he sounds it's like. Well, Listen. I'm telling you, sometimes. Yeah, you got it. it. Right. You got it. There was the, you went between like a, a decent Nat and a version of Nat that was like a coked up midnight <laughs> DJ, like in the '80s. Yeah. So this is the this is the liner note from Nat. A little picture of uh, the late Joey Tata there, and that, at what Eric read is is kind of <laughs> how we're given a little synopsis. Uh, we've got a nice cover art with the gang all in white the back of the cd they're all in a steamy black and just like the others it opens up into <gasps> a poster, a poster. Oh, kendra loves her cd posters i know she does <laughs> yeah i know she does yeah, it's, uh, i can't see dylan's not on that one though right no he's not yeah no he's not sorry kendra that's okay the period of mourning is still going on for i know Di- for dylan mckay's disappearance I know. Uh, yeah I know. for sure all right let's look at Who's living in Beverly Hills? Uh, well, this album was released on Rhino Records, so different label from the past ones. It is the final soundtrack from the original series. So we had the high school years, which was just called Beverly Hills 902, another soundtrack. We had the college years, and now we have songs from the Peach Pit. Uh, a few years earlier, Melrose Place got a soundtrack. And then in the reboot series on CW, there's an album called Soundtrack 90210 from the year 2009, but this is the last of the classic era soundtracks. So let's do it. Like we said, it's a mix of 60s and 70s. I think I said last week it was 50s and 60s, but not a 50s track to be found. I Yeah, I don't think so. No, it's not. It's really, uh, it really leans towards 60s and 70s. It also, Kendra, blows my mind that there's not like a Peach Pit After Dark soundtrack. Like how is there not I a Peach know. Pit After Dark soundtrack? 
Why I don't not? understand. Like the money they must have left on the table, not doing like a season six soundtrack, season seven soundtrack yeah. with all the music they had. Nuts. Yeah, but you know, Fox isn't known for being like a music thing. So yeah. who who would be in charge of putting these CDs out? Because like if this was I, a Warner Brothers thing, they would have just been able to put out whatever songs they wanted. They've never really been like mainstream labels, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, this one's Rhino, but that's more of a nostalgia kind of yeah. you know, label. But it just seems like with the people, I mean, we've had this season, what we had the cores, we had the Goo Goo Dolls, we had Power Man 5000. Like yeah. we've had a bunch of like heavy hitters on here. And it, I mean, it would have made a great soundtrack to actually have those. So, you know, yeah. just weird. I just, I don't get it, but it I, I was pretty, I'm going to spoil it and tell you, I was pretty happy with this album. Did you guys, <laughs> what's your overall impressions? Uh, I, there's a lot of good on here. Okay. Some, some I didn't care for, but there's a lot of good songs on here. I don't Eric. know. I don't know how I feel about it. All right. I well, really maybe don't. you'll like, figure it out by the time we're done. I definitely don't know okay. who this was marketed for. No, I don't either. Because like that's Nick, a good, that's a good question. Is like he's an out. He's he's such a weird fan okay. right well, now because don't have to get personal, but because in the '90s he was watching this show, which means he was watching yeah. something cool like 90210, but he was also listening to '50s and '60s music specifically. So yeah. like he's. The only person I know that this CD is like marketable to, but like other kids that are like listening to Third Eye Blind in 1996, are they like, you know, was yeah, Third Eye Blind yeah, coming no. out in 1996? You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe it's like how we love the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Yeah, maybe that's what it was like yeah. for 90s. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. it was. Also, I mean, I think you got to remember, like mid 90s CDs still weren't like the top i mean they probably yeah. by this point they were but like the 90s was also a time when things like the beatles catalog was issued on cd for the first time so like rather yeah. than trying to track down albums or a million cassettes you could have it on a cd so i think yeah. a lot of like classics you know 60s 70s stuff was being rediscovered at this time and maybe they're tapping into that or maybe it's just whatever maybe it's just yeah. these are the songs we have rights to i don't know yeah all right well let's get into it the first song do it. is Devil with a Blue Dress on slash Good Golly Miss Molly by Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. as a single in September 1996 and released on their album Breakout. Breakout! I've definitely, I mean, this was kind of like a spin on two. Devil with a Blue Dress and Good Golly Miss Molly were more like 50s hits. Good Golly Miss Molly, of course, Little Richard. But this was kind of a mashup of the two of them and it definitely has a real like funky flavor. I think I heard this like on oldies radio and stuff <laughs> a lot more than I heard the original, like little Richard kind of things. Have you guys, have you heard this version before? I think I, I think I know the little Richard um, version more. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was surprised when we got to this, I was like, Oh, good golly, Miss Molly. I know this, but mm -hmm. I, yeah. I think it's the other version that I know that there's, there's a couple good covers on here. I know that you're not allowed to say this on 90s music anymore, but I think it's okay because we're on 902 and here we go. It is a bop, you know, like it does. <laughs> I can't resist. Like, That's true. Some of the drums, you know, just really make it like I can't help but dance to it, you know, yeah. so it is. It's a, it strong, is pretty fun. a strong opener 
for, it for is. the album. I have to admit, while preparing for this episode, I listened to this album multiple times, but after the first time I did this song, I, I skipped it with the rest. Oh, yeah. I only listened to this the first time because I was like, I don't yeah. know. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a really cool moment. Like it's kind of, it feels like a needle drop moment when we switch to Good Golly Miss Molly. Mm-hmm. You know, like it. The other song kind of ends, and then there's like just like a quick, like almost yeah. like a downbeat, and then like boom, Good Golly. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. I guess I like if I'm it. not listening to Little Richard sing it, I prefer CCR. So and Mitch Ryder feels like okay. he's in okay. that same vibe. So I'll just take a credence. Yeah, I think my only negative thing about the song is that it's just kind of uh it can get kind of like screamy sometimes mm, yeah and that's it kind of it kind of grates a little on the nerves right well i think that little richard can get away with that in a way that mitch Ryder maybe can't yeah you know? maybe <laughs> so yeah that makes sense uh next we got you really got me by the king you really got me now you got me so i can't sleep at night This was released in July of 1964 as a single and came out on their self-titled album, The Kinks. Number one in the UK, number five in the US. I love this song. I've always loved this song. It's a good one. It's a classic. That's the nicest thing I've ever heard you say about The Kinks. Really? Yeah. Do I usually not like The Kinks? I feel like you usually don't. Hmm. Interesting. I just... I just love, like, it comes in strong with that electric guitar. It's just such a cool yeah. intro into the song, and then just stays yeah. really cool. Case is you great. Know? I remember in the 90s, I was walking out of school with a girl that I had a crush on, and this was a very known fact, and this song came on the radio, and my mom turned it all the way up and rolled down all the windows. <laughs> so it, was, it was embarrassing, but funny. She didn't know, but Sound, I knew, and I thought it was funny. funny. Sounds hilarious. Uh, yeah. How do you how do you rate this, Eric? What do you how do you feel about this song? I mean, I I like this. I'm a fan of the Kinks. The Kinks were one of the very first classic rock bands I got into. Uh, I got one of their like greatest hits one, which this song would have been attached to. So, is there a song you'd choose over this one? Like, what would be your go-to Kinks oh, track? Oh my gosh, what's my favorite Kinks song? I couldn't name you a Kinks song right now if my life depended on it. Uh, Do it again is really fun. Back okay. where we started. Baby, go yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Do it again is really great. Yeah, I know that uh, one. Captain America calling. That's that's great. Oh huh. sure. Yeah. I still, I still would give it to you. Really got me though. That yeah. No, you really got me. Yeah. Such a yeah. Lola. Do you want to read the next one, Eric? Okay. Satisfaction by Otis Redding is the next track. Yeah. Weird. Stone's cover for the album Otis Blue, Otis Redding Sings Soul in September of six, uh, 1965. The album hit number one on the U.S. R&B charts and is highly regarded. Basically, yeah, improv so this new one, words. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. If you read about the making of this song, like, cause I was listening to it. I was like, well, that's not the words to satisfaction at all. <laughs> like once you, once you get through the first verse and like the basic chorus, he really just kind of freestyles lyrics throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I read this interview that said they were planning to cover this and he was like, what are the words? And somebody wrote it down and he looked at it and he was like, all right, whatever, I got it. <laughs> and just kind of like blew through it. And so it's really, it's like 50% new, like improv lyrics, which I think really work. Mm-hmm. Well, Keith Richards apparently agrees with you. Keith. Yes, Keith Richards has gone on record saying it's the superior version. Hmm. And like, if you if you hear, like if you hear Keith Richards solo stuff, it is very like blues heavy. And this Otis Redding version has the big like trumpets kind of playing the bah, 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 instead of like bass and electric. Mm-hmm. And it, it does have a much uh, a much more bluesy vibe, which I liked it. I thought it was good. You yeah. never can never go wrong with a trumpet, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the, adding in those horns and like adding in kind of a funk vibe to it, I think really, mm-hmm. I, I've never been a huge fan of the Rolling Stones, that, that particular song. And I think maybe I kind of like this one better. Is that okay? Oh yeah. Probably. Feel I, how you feel. I feel like the, um, the Stones version of Satisfaction really benefits from being live. Mm. Like that makes uh, sense. the, the album cut is, you know, it's the song that's popular and everybody loves, but when you see yeah. it live, they're able to put a little bit more energy into it and give it this extra oomph that like puts it up there yeah. as something bigger. Like they did they end with this song when we saw them live? Can't remember. It feels like a song like they they can end with this song live because when for they're sure, doing for it, sure. they can really just like go into it. I also read a thing that like the Stones in turn were really kind of influenced by this song because it's more more in line with what Keith Richards wanted. And and Ronnie Wood has said in interviews and stuff that like when they play it now, they kind of have this Otis Redding version in their minds and play it a little bit more bluesy, Mm. you know, which I mean, I think the Stones have kind of leaned more blues in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years anyway. So that Mm -hmm. makes sense. The next song is Knock on Wood by Eddie Floyd. album of the same name hit number one on the hot R&B singles chart. I've always liked this song. I don't like this version as much as I like the other version by that woman. Hold on. Now I've got to I don't know another version. What? Really? Yeah, this I feel like. Amy Stewart? Is it Amy Stewart? Yes. You don't know the Amy Stewart version? It's much faster. (laughs) Maybe that's the version I'm familiar with then. Because like I spent most of this song listening to it being like what am Once I thinking you hear of? the Amy Stewart version, this one just feels like a slog. Like it's dragging. Yeah. This was just such a like a regular on oldies radio and stuff like that. I mean, I feel like I've I've roller skated to this song a hundred times <laughs> in my life. You know, just one of those ones that they play. But again, I feel like the um the the horns in this are great, and the bass line is also just like super cool. It it's a it's an unusual melody for a bass to play, and it, mm-hmm. and it lays down like a really cool solid bass you know to the song to to build on so i I like it a lot i like i do like the song i just uh it's a little slow for me i guess because i'm used to the other one 
All right, Eric, you got to take the next one. Baby by Carla Hayes. album Carla that's the album's name is Carla Uh, co-written by Isaac Hayes of Shaft and South Park fame Eric do you like South Park have you ever seen the show I do like (laughs) South Park okay all right just made us watch the movie I didn't make you watch the movie I was watching the movie and you happened to be in the house yeah (laughs) this hit number 14 on the pop charts and number three on the R&B charts and was featured in the film Baby Driver. I don't like I this don't song. Think, I don't like this song either. And I, I don't think that I had heard it before Baby Driver. I can't like remember when it, it in Baby Driver. When it rolls up in Baby Driver, I, I most of the songs from that movie, I was like, yeah, this song, this one, I was kind of like, whatever. I feel like, to me, this seems like somebody laid down a temp track and they're just waiting for Diana Ross to get into the <laughs> recording booth and do the real version because, like... I think if this was, I think if this was done by the Supremes, and I checked, and there, there is no Supremes version. If it was done by the Supremes or like Martha and the Vandellas, where you really could have gotten some cool harmonies and backup, I could see it working well. But this to me just feels boring. Yeah, just so boring. dull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt very like this is a stronger artist's B side. Yeah, so. I, I just think it. There's nothing. It's just a very simply produced record, and it's. I don't know. It does nothing for me. I don't like it. I agree. It reminds me of Amy Grant's Baby Baby in the same thing. <laughs> like, I listen to it, and I'm like, this is just so, like, generic. Like, yeah, but it just doesn't... Maybe songs with baby in the title are, like, not not good. <laughs> Maybe they're not. Mm. Maybe they're Justin not. Bieber's listen, Baby? Do people like that? <laughs> I just need to get out there. Baby Baby by Amy Grant is I, I do like that song. I like it's a good it too. Song. All right. Well, we haven't covered it yet on nineties music, so Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> there's there's not there's not a time, day or night when my wife wouldn't stop everything and listen to Amy Grant's Heart in Motion album. <laughs> she would right I did now. Not she's probably listening. She's probably she's probably like searching it on Spotify as we're saying this right now. This keeps doing All right, the ne- the next track so I feel like really explains a lot uh, about my life because it's the beat goes on by Sonny and Cher. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. And you know, I love Sonny and Cher. Did you guys know that? Yes. I did, yes. I have fan yeah, I like Sonny and Cher. And I always have. And like as I'm going through this album, I'm like, well, I like all these songs. Is 90210 the reason why I like oldies like as much as I do? Because mm. it was all kind of happening concurrently. Yeah. But boy, if you live anyway, near a peach pit, you'd be there every day. Forget about it. Yeah. Forget about it. You have Texas almost, Hot. The beat goes on. Yeah. I do have Texas Hot. Yeah. It's almost. This song was written. Oh, almost what? It's almost the almost peach bit. The peach bit. But. Yeah. The jukebox never works at Texas Hot, though. <laughs> so 
Uh, this song was written by Sonny. It was written for the 1967 album In Case You're In Love. It was number six on the Hot 100 charts. Sonny and Cher sang this on their stage show and on their TV show like constantly. I mean, they've they've sung this song probably second to I Got You, Babe. This song is like about up there with that one. Uh, the phrase is on Sonny's tombstone. Sonny's tombstone just says, the beat goes on. Aww. Uh, and I, I heard when I saw Cher in concert uh, the last couple of years, uh, 2019, I think it was, she did a whole Sonny and Cher segment and there was like a big giant screen with Sonny on it, all 70s up and Cher sang live and Sonny, it was on the track, of course, because he passed away in the 90s. And it was just very cool. So that is I cool. love this song. How do you how do you guys feel about the beat goes on? I'm just so so on it actually. Really? I yeah. think it's great. I don't know what it is about it. It like I got kind of halfway through and I was like, okay. No, but as it goes on, it's it adds more and more to it. Yeah, and it gets that's bigger. true. That's yeah. true. It starts there's, to become there's like so a, many like a parade or something. Like you get all these yeah. other instruments in there, and it's like, all right, it's a party. Well, again, like the all the percussion and the bass that goes throughout this is just really, it's got that like doom, 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 mm-hmm. doom, which just like really drives it forward. And there's, I think, I also think it really suits Sonny and Cher's voice as well. Like Sonny's not a great singer. This is like a fact that we all know. <laughs> but I feel like this song kind of uses that, kind of uses his voice like an instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they there's so many live cuts of this and there's a lot for their like, their stand-up show which was really kind of like music and comedy where the where the boom 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 is just going and going and going while they're like riffing over it and then popping into the song every once in a while and it just works so well so i was glad to see it here i was surprised but i like yeah you know the album it, i feel like it's the biggest name on the on the album yeah you might but be they got the be right. goes on. The yeah. Sunshine yeah but it's not just that it's sunny and share it's that it's sunny and share and it's the beat yeah, goes on yeah it's like you mm-hmm. got this on this all right the next song is How Can I Be Sure by the Young Rascal. I want to die Cause you know I want to stay with you How do I know Maybe you're trying to use me Flying too high can confuse me Touch me but don't take me This was on their 1967 album, Groovin', and hit number four on the Hot 100. That's pretty high. So this is another one of those songs that I've heard a billion times in my life. And and like revisiting it for this album, I was ready to be like, yeah, I don't really like it. But the thing that saves it for me is its time signature. It's a waltz. I was and I think just that's really interesting. That. I was don't you think just that makes thinking, it unique, though? I love, I love 6-8. Time signature. I don't know yeah, if it's six eight, right. but it's it's that one two three one two three, and yeah, I love it. Yeah. I was just thinking and what's that. interesting. It has different segments, and I was thinking, oh, it must change time signatures, but it doesn't. It stays that bump 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 bump, even as the even as like the instrumentations around it all change, but it still feels like unique segments of the song. So I feel like structurally, the song is really cool, and that kind of won me over. It is. I mean, most songs are. Four four common time. Right. Yeah. You don't get a lot right. of waltzes in there. No. I also like the um is that accordion that I'm hearing? That's or... yes. I wrote I wrote they come in with like French, sort of like yeah. a French vibe later yeah. on. But yeah, accordion yeah. and yeah. I like Eric, that. Eric, you're being very quiet about this one and you're not uh, you're not feeling it. I I'm not feeling it. It reminds me of some of like the slower it reminds, I don't it reminds me of some of the slower like James Bond oh. stuff. <laughs> 
Like I hear this oh, and it okay. makes me think it could be in Dr. No or uh, from Russia with love. Yeah, I get that. I yes, still, I, I hear still that. Kind of won uh, me over. Is it still an accordion that uh that like French accordion I'm thinking of where it's just the two handles and yeah. the mm-hmm. right like it's the little... just an accordion. Yeah. It's not that yeah, even though it doesn't have the keys and stuff. Like okay. like with keys and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you mean. I think you still call that an accordion. Yeah. It's in so. the, the same family. I guess that's the difference surely. between like an accordion and a jukebox accordion. Mm. Basing this off of nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. All right, the next song is Friday On My Mind by the Australian band The Easy Beats. She looks fine tonight. She is outside to me. Every time uh, you're like, hey, what are you doing? Why aren't you working? They're like, hey, man, take it easy, Beats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't work. Yes, it this did. Kind of a, it's kind of a precursor to everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> the easy um, uh, I've never heard of the easy Beats. I well, like this song, though. Yeah. I think it's fun. It kind of reminds me of the song from Guardians, because we talked about the Guardians soundtrack. In Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's that song... Lakeshore Drive by Aliota Hines Jeremiah. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Mm, now there's a I'm song sure in there that it, it just kind of has that set similar like cruising down the empty highway. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Camera yeah. cameras doing that isometric view up above uh, from the album Good Friday. It hit number 16 in the U.S. Number one in Australia on May 28th, 2001. The uh, I copied that directly, but it, yeah, it's just Australian. The Australian yeah, Performing Australia. Right Association, the APRA, celebrated its 75th anniversary, naming the best Australian song of all time. This is the best Australian song of all time? According wow. to the APRA, it is. Okay. Yeah. J- so, you just have to say Australian, and I'm already on board. So You're there? Yeah. Okay. So did you like this one, then? I did, yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's got a cruising vibe to it, I dig. I have never known the title of the song or the band who did it, but that chorus, it, it's going to happen in the city. You know, mm-hmm. I love it. Like when that comes on, I'm like, oh, it's this song, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and again, I think the structure of this song is really cool because the verses, when they're talking about the weekend, are all in a minor <laughs> key, you know? Uh, so it's very like yeah. dour. And then when it transitions from like the minor to major for the chorus it's all like upbeat and like it's gonna happen you know mm-hmm. versus like bom, 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 <laughs> you know so i think that's really cool i think it i think it's, it makes for a good transition but it also it's like they make the song sound boring to describe boring things and upbeat to describe cool things you know mm-hmm. i thought it felt very full yeah. You know, like it's the orchestrations and the backups. There's were a lot really going good. on. I lo- love the chorus. Yeah. Yeah. I think it really works. Right. Uh, next, we've got uh, Moni Moni by Tommy James and the Shondells.
this was one we all heard live, but we heard it by Billy Idol, not which uh, I think is is the Tommy um, Jane. That's the version I know. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's uh, I know both no, versions, duh. but like. <laughs> But the Billy Idol version of it, I remember really strongly from when I was a child. Like mm-hmm. I remember that one from the eighties, well, and that's the one Idol. that it just has such a, it just has such a rocking vibe. Whereas yeah. Tommy James and the Shondells is a little bit more, not not doo-woppy, but like it just it feels, it yeah. feels dated even for a song from '68. Like it just yeah. doesn't. If this had been a Dion song, you wouldn't have like thought that crazy. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think it also says something, though, about the original that, uh, like, Billy Idol makes it a little bit more rock, but he doesn't take a lot of liberties with it besides just no changing it. So, like, I think there's still a lot of, like, Billy Idol was just working from a pl- place of strength already with yeah. Moni Moni. Yeah. Moni Moni is one of those songs that if you're playing it at a wedding, I'm going to get up and dance to it. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I think the different the main difference is, is like, Billy Idol, everything just hits harder. Like all mm-hmm. the beats are harder. Yeah. Like all the transitions are just like wham. Whereas the Tommy James and the Chandel's version is a little mm-hmm. bit more like fluid and melodic, yeah. you know, in a way that. But I feel like you can have just as, as much, much fun on the dance floor to this version as the Billy Idol version. Yeah, you could. You so, could. Don't tell Billy Idol yeah. I said that. Since him and I are best friends, I, won't. Since I saw him. I know. Live. Yeah. This one. <laughs> This one uh, came out in 1968. It was a single and was on their uh, album that was called Moni Moni. It hit number one in the UK and got all the way to number two in the US yeah. and then turned around. It was a hit for Billy Idol in 81. So yeah. it's got some legs. <laughs> sure does. Let's we'll show do them next. what a hit record sounds like. Remember that? <laughs> is that a Billy? Oh, that was yeah, Billy yeah, Idol yeah. before they played uh, White yeah. Wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. He was having a good time. I feel like I was the only person in the audience yelling, play hot in the city for the love of God. He did, he did play it. it? No, he did it. <laughs> Probably because I was the only one yelling it. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Pick Up the Pieces by Average White Band. <laughs> Boy. Nick's favorite song sure. of all time? No, it's his favorite song featured in a movie of all time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yes, Iron Man it. 2. It's an Iron Man 2. Oh, this uh, is why he walks out the, on stage. Sam Rockwell When I was listening to it, I was like, what do I know this from? He does so that ridiculous funny. little foot dance. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a there's video. There's a super cut. Yep. Yes, yep. It's like an hour super cut of him just doing that dance over and over again. And I could get lost in it. Nick has watched so it funny. on repeat for quite a bit. Yeah. I'm looking back. I, I remember walking that into Nick's true. office and it's just on. True. He's like, look at him dance. No, 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 no. It's, it's so little, funny. It's a little thing he does at the end. Where Oh, my gosh. It's hilarious. But I, I know I've heard this one live as well. Oh, cool. Wow. I like yeah, Iron Man 2, I, uh, I think, more than the average person but that's definitely one of the best parts it's of the more movie. entertaining than thor 2 no i like thor 2 the mm. dark world yeah i would Ugh. pick I would i'm already pick bored that. just saying the title <laughs> anyway um <laughs> it's from their 1974 album is it awb the name of the album? yeah that's it average, average white, white band. band yeah it flopped in yep. the uk but 
eventually hit number one in the U.S. Hit number one in the right. U.S. Number yeah. one. Yeah. That's pretty That's good right. for a for a instrumental right. song to yeah. hit number one. Yeah. Who do these people think they are? The Allman yeah. Brothers? <laughs> well, they do say pick up the pieces a couple of times. So. Oh, okay. Excuse pick me. Pick up the pieces. <laughs> pick up the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. It took me. Yep. It took me two listens to be like, oh right, Iron Man two. Yeah. I kept trying to. <laughs> I kept felt. I kept feeling like I should this... be like going to the car wash. <laughs> yeah. This is another one, though, where I'm like, oh, that song. Yeah, I don't need to hear that song. And then, like, it comes on because I just kind of had this on repeat. And it would come on. And I'd be like, oh, whatever. And then halfway through, I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just, it just gets it me. Gets, so yeah. I guess I do like it. I guess I do like it. Oh, sure. Uh, what You Won't Do for Love by Bobby Caldwell. I guess you wonder where I've been. I search to find the love within I came back to let you know Got a thing for you And I can't let go My friends A 1978 yes. self-titled album. And That's where it shows up, yeah. Uh, hit number nine on the charts. Nick, it's a sought-after heart-shaped single. Yes, I read that. Yeah, they they put out like a promo around Valentine's Day that was like a vinyl record, but the playable section was right in the center, but it was heart-shaped. So you could put it on like a classic turntable and it would play. Uh, and then people just went crazy for it. So they mass produced it and it cost as much to get the heart-shaped single as it did to just buy the whole album. But people went crazy <laughs> for it. So that's that's really fun. This one, I don't get. I mean, it's- In one uh, ear, out the other for me. Yeah, I know. This is a very famous song on TikTok and Vine, oh, um, okay. which is what I think of every those every opening, time I hear those it. Opening yes, the, the guess the guess you wonder where I've been is yeah that that clip is often yep. used. Yep, there's an old sitcom called Too Close for Comfort, and it sounds the theme song sounds exactly like this. That whole like just I don't like it. Yeah, I mean he he's got an amazing voice. I just don't really care about the song. This is the only track on this album that I feel like where they really went for like a disco pick. Even though we have Casey and the Sunshine Band, that's not really a disco song. But this one really has that like disco beat to it. And I just it feels out of place to me on this album. I don't like the song, but I also feel like listening to it. This one's always sort of like a what for me. So Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan. I I think it serves its purpose, but I'm rarely in the mood for a song that sounds like this. Though I guess a song that sounds like this will put you in the mood. So I guess so. I guess that's the thing. <laughs> Before you know it, you're up there, elbows flying. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, maybe I shouldn't. Just, I mean, I was at work I listening sh- to this, so you know, it even it couldn't work as magic there. But maybe in the yeah. right situation, you're the right sun there. comes on. I'll just be up there, elbows up to my uh, ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Up to my do a little, <laughs> my do a little dance. All right. Next. I don't next have any on the pecs. list here, we have. Uh, you don't have pecs. It's not too late. <laughs> it's it's. A little too much. Oh. oh, you're in your golden years. Uh, <laughs> Slow Ride by Foghat.
ask you a question. Is it classic? Does it rock? Uh, Slow Ride by Fog Hat. Slow Ride by Fog Hat is classic, and it does rock. Yeah, thank That's you. It's an old reference to an old yeah, podcast yeah. I used to be doing. It is. But this song to me, like when I hear this, I'm like, yes, this is classic rock. Just this, the vibe of Is it. this the version that's in Guitar Hero? So the, the problem I do have with this song, it's, it's in Guitar Hero 3. Right, and which is the one that is, I played most often. It is a boring song to play in Guitar Hero 3. Well, it's like oh. the first, it's one of the first songs you can play. It's like level one. Guitar Hero 3 wasn't done by Harmonix. That was done by uh, Activision. And uh, it's just... Guitar Hero 3 is just such a different experience because they're just like, yeah, you just do this, notes, 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 notes. And it's lacking a lot of the uh, what you actually want to be playing mentality that Harmonix was so good at with their songs. So it's just strum, 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 it's, strum. This is a very boring one on Guitar Hero, but it is... Because it's, it's like, a long it's song. It's like an intro song. It's a it's, long song oh, yeah. and it's repetitive. It's to get you There's, used to it. There's a lot of cuts of this song. There's yeah. like an eight-minute version. Yeah. There's like a three-minute version. There's, the eight-minute version is what I was listening to this week. Uh, apart from Guitar okay. Hero 3, the lesser of the original three Guitar Heroes, uh, this song is a great song. Guitar Hero it 3 is. has Cliffs of Dover, which I think is a very fun song it just on Guitar play Hero. The same. I the love me- it. The mechanics I love just... listening to it, but I also love playing Guitar Hero. There's a, uh, a retrospective, an oral history on Guitar Heroes, and the people who made Guitar Hero 3 was like, look, we did what we had to do, and it's not great. <laughs> so, right. Nick doesn't want to talk about Guitar well, Hero anymore. I, no, 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 it's, it's fine. I I just, I think the riff, I understand why it would be boring to play mm-hmm. on, on the Guitar Hero, but yeah. I think the riff of this one just feels so iconic yeah. to me like this starts and i'm like yeah i just yeah. want to like rev a motorcycle I'm sure, you know like, yeah I, just, I love it i'm sure with the real guitar it's a lot more fun than it is with the guitar hero where you're just holding down like four, yeah yeah it's just the yeah 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 no this is still a great song it's definitely like we're going yeah. on a road trip play slow ride by fog hat i think this is the only one that feels like a classic rock song on this album oh yeah you know and no it it sounds very different from the whole well i guess you got yeah. um you really got me by the kinks but yeah even, even this one sound i mean this is 1975 so it's already yeah like a decade we're, past we're that. skewing we're skewing a lot more funky in some of the early stuff and then we're kind of getting more into this like i don't know there's like a, a lot of r&b on this album and then we did we have things like the kinks or, or fog hat like you said which mm-hmm. makes it yeah, it just feel a little different. This was the lead single from their Fool for a City album, 1975. Uh, number 20, this was their highest charted single. Yeah. At 2009, VH1 uh, named it the 45th best hard rock mm-hmm. song. Yeah. Hmm. Which is interesting to me because I wouldn't jump right to it's hard rock. Yeah, I'd want to see, the, I want like to see the paperwork for that criteria. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel that hard. It, it does rock. It is just like, turn it up. Let's go for a ride. We've yeah. got 200 miles to drive and we've got slow ride. Yep, yep. And an ironic twist, it's best played while driving fast. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Next we have Strange Ways by Firefall. Sorry, it's Strange Way. 
not strange okay. ways. Oh, strange ways. All right. My this is on their third album. Elon. Elon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from 1979, and it peaked at number 11. This feels like montage music to me. Like I just, uh, uh, I hear this, and I think like somebody's packing for for like a road trip in a movie <laughs> or something like that. I really like this. Uh, song. I love this. I love the strings. I love the strings yeah. throughout this one. I think it's, that really brings it together for me. It's got a lot in it. it when it's building up to the chorus, it sounds like it's going to become the wheels in the sky keep on turning, mm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. it becomes. I hear that. Uh, it's a strange way, and it's just like, oh, right, I'm, li- I'm not listening to Wheels in the Sky. Um, right. But I like it. It's got this, I don't know, it's got this Chicago-y vibe to it. Chicago-y, uh, Alan Parsons Project, all kind of vibe. And then it's got that jazz flute that sounds like oh, yeah. Ron Burgundy playing jazz flute <laughs> from Anchorman. <laughs> Yeah, it and it's like they weren't just like throwing some jazz flute and they'd like tear it up yeah. with the jazz flute. Set fire to the studio with your In the flutes. same way yeah. <laughs> Zeppelin will do a guitar solo. This guy is doing a jazz flute solo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I this was a uh like a fun little surprise because I didn't know this song and I heard I'm like, I'm liking everything about this song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the latest on the on the albums here, because this is nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, so. we're almost in the eighties. Yeah. What's Nat doing yeah. in 1979, do you think? I don't know. Starring in uh, Harvey Corman films, right, Kendra? Didn't we learn oh, that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this is a weird pick for me. Next, we have, we have Please Don't Go by Casey and the Sunshine Band. This is the weirdest pick that you could do for a Casey and the Sunshine Band poll. Yeah. It's their first love ballad. It was their second single from the album, Do You Want to Go Party of 1979. <laughs> it, uh, it's their final number one hit. So like this is this is tail end here. I, it's fine. You know, like it's got sort of a synthy electronic vibe. Mm-hmm. Like we're really kind of pushing into the 80s here. It's just, I don't know. Like I don't listen to Casey and the Sunshine Band for soft love ballads yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah what's your favorite casey in the sunshine band song boogie shoes uh kendra sure boogie shoes i mean get get down tonight also you know i great. again couldn't name a casey in the sunshine band song. i like uh give it up a lot okay okay baby yeah. give it up give it up oh baby, yeah i love that song is that casey in the sunshine band yeah well i love that song I can't hear so, Boogie I, Shoes now without thinking about Knock on the Cabin. So I don't know what that is. It's a okay. movie that just came out. Knock, it's M. Knock Night at Shyamalan's the new movie. Oh, the M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Okay. Based on All the right. movie uh, Cabin at the, based on the book Cabin at the End of the World by uh, Paul Tremblay. Nick tried to read a Paul Tremblay oh, book and he had to put it down. Which one was no, it? No, 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 no. Head full of ghosts. I don't even remember. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to talk one, about it. That one scared you when you read it. Head full of ghosts. Yeah. No, you're thinking. Uh, the grip of it, the house book. I thought the head full of ghosts. No, I mean too. head full of ghosts is creepy, but no, uh, you're thinking the grip of it with that yeah. that house in charcoal on yeah. the cover. Yeah. No, yeah, Nick. I remember Nick on uh, all the book show. Nick was like, I tried to read 
this head full of ghosts, I just had to put it down. It was too scary. It's like, really? So I put it on my to read list right after that. And did yeah. you think it was scary? Yeah, I could see why it was disturbing. I didn't think it was too scary. Mm. Um, ghosts are Eric's number one, one fear, so. If I would have powered through it, I probably would have been okay. But like, it was leading into a place that I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. No, there. Yeah, you you made the okay. right call with oh, what you, you like about. Anyway, things. Okay. Boogie Shoes is heavily featured in the movie Knock okay. on the Cabin. Yeah, <laughs> well, I love yeah. I love Boogie. But yeah, Shoes, this is definitely so. a strange pick to put for Casey in the Sunshine. It's, it's not. It's not that I don't like it. It's just yeah. you know weird. But it's weird when you get something like the beat goes on. You get Slow Rider. You get. Uh, uh, you really got me. We're like, those are songs that you hear and you're like, oh yeah, this person. But then you hear this one. You're like, oh really? Yeah. Was, I don't know. Yeah. Was it cheaper than Boogie Shoes? Probably. <laughs> Probably. So yeah. I don't really, I would be curious one. to know. Yeah. I would be curious to know like what the, what the selection process was like for this, because yeah. it is kind of a weird pick. We end with the theme from 90210 by John E. Davis. This, this version that we hear on the actual CD is the version that we see on screen. The one that the, the version that they started using in season four, the one that's most iconic. We have it on this album. We had no 90210 theme on the college years as we discussed. Mm-hmm. And the one that was on the first soundtrack was like a weird synth yeah. version. Oh, I didn't like it. I don't even know. No, it was bad. It was bad. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but the theme from 90210 is like a second version they had a 90210 theme and they were like no this sucks this sucks we need a new one right away Mm -hmm. and so they call up johnny davis and he's got one night to write a new theme for 90210 and he did it and turned it in and that's the one we hear wow which is crazy that is crazy that's just like an overnight i'm always it's always crazy when i hear stories like that of like yeah i just sat down It just came out of me in a couple Tossed hours. It out. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know <laughs> those hand God's claps are so great. To our ears. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm. I was happy to have that on an album because I, you know, I love the theme song and mm. like anything that you can find is not as good. Like any like later produced version yeah. of it or anything. So it's cool to have, like the iconic one. Yeah. I feel like overall this was a pretty good listening experience. Do you guys? Is that yeah. how you walked away? I agree. I think there's a lot of good stuff on here. I was trying to decide a, a favorite and least favorite. Do you guys have a have one least that pops out as like pro- least favorite would probably be baby for me. I'm I'm teetering between that and the and the um uh what what you won't do for love. I, I really just don't like that song. The thing that's weird about the B A B Y baby one is that <laughs> that song feels more like what I was expecting to find on this album. Like I was mm. expecting it to be a lot more like Mr. Sandman kind of 50 stuff. Right. So in that way, it makes sense. But when you pair it with all the other ones, it really stands out. It's yeah. like, why is this here? It's feel... definitely the most jarring. I don't know. I guess I feel like as a, this group of music, it's, it's an interesting collection. Um, yeah. That feels like you, you'd buy a, uh, a, a collection like this you're like wow this is weird but i'm digging 
just how eclectic it is and everything. But as like a 90210, yeah. like if I was into 90210 at the time when my mom got this, she's like, oh, I know you like that 90210 show, so here you go. I'd feel pretty gypped. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, Eric, I think it was in the college. The pit. You were saying, Eric, last time when we did this, back when we did the college uh, soundtrack, you were saying like, why doesn't it have clips of dialogue from the show? Mm. Like as inner, inner cuts. Yeah. Between, and this would really... This, this would really would have benefited from that. Yeah, to, you to know, give it... to have like little cuts. Yeah, yeah, especially just to of kind of Nat, ground it. right? Of Nat in yeah. in the Peach Pit to even just do like Peach Pit sound effects and then order up or something. Yeah. What a right, right, a long way. <laughs> yeah, and Kendra would have loved that. Yes, she loves a bit of a. Uh, she loves Nat. Oh yeah, yeah. who doesn't Any love kind that? Of well, I thought I loved Nat until I heard Eric's impression, and now I wish we had that all the time. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. Favorite? Uh, what's your? What's the song you're gonna walk away from singing? It might be. I really like Friday on My Mind and Devil with yeah, the Blue Dress is, on. I think those are probably yeah. my top two. Friday's always on my mind. Yeah, I, I know. I live yeah. to get to Friday. I, I freaking live to get to Friday. So when I have to work and on today a Saturday, is Friday as we record. Yeah, but I gotta work tomorrow. I know. So I might as well oh. be dead. I am as dead. Yeah. Oh no. No. Um, I feel like. Moni Moni is like a favorite oh. song of mine. But I feel like okay. the song I'm coming away from this happiest that I listened to uh, was Strange Way. Just because it was kind of oh, a okay. surprise I never heard it. But like everything about it uh, worked for me. So it, as a as a okay. CD that like introduced me to new songs, Strange Way is the one I'm like, yes. Okay. It's tough to choose because there's a lot of songs on here that I genuinely love and have loved like forever. So like, it's weird to not choose the Sonny and Cher one or to not choose like you really got me. Mm -hmm. But I think along the lines of what you're saying, Eric, I feel like as a takeaway from this album in particular, I think maybe I have the most newfound respect for the Otis Redding satisfaction mm -hmm. because I haven't really heard it before. And when you, yeah. when you listen to it and see just how different it is, but how well it works that way. I was kind of like, yeah, right on, you know, and I could mm -hmm. see throwing that on a compilation. Like I would listen to that before I would listen to the stone version, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's high praise. So, <laughs> so I liked it. I liked it. And I liked the album overall. I, uh, I got this because I haven't had this before. And like I was listening on Spotify, but I tracked down a copy of the CD and it came with that uh, high school years album. And oh. so I was like, oh, I should listen to that again. And I listened to it and I was like, still sucks. Don't like it. <laughs> um, but, but now I got it. And I do yeah. genuinely like this Peach Pit album. So Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Was that the high school oh one or the college gosh. one? No, the college one had that every day of the week. Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. Yeah, okay. it was really bad. Well, I don't remember. And then the that one about the, the one, the high school one had like Color Me Bad and Paula Abdul and like actual oh, right. people whose names you would recognize. The college one was just like a complete shot in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's weird that we don't have like a Jamie Walters song on here or even a Brian Austin yeah. Green song. It's just kind of strange. It is to not do that. But yeah. uh, how many how many uh, Peach Pits do we want to rate this one, gang? I'll give it four. Four peach yeah. pits. Oh, nice. Uh, what's what's the what's the amount? Is it one to ten? Oh, I was going out of five. Yeah, I'd say five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll give it three and a half. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm right with Kendra. I'll say right. four. I'll say four <laughs> because I would have liked a little bit more cohesion, and I really think something to make you 
aware that you're listening to a 90210 product would yeah. be helpful. Yeah, you have to get to the very so. end of the CD be like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's the song comes out. And you're like, wait, why is the 90210 theme playing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh that's right. Okay. Yeah. So these are, these now. songs are from like the 60s and 70s. And this yeah. this album came out in the 90s. So that means right. if somebody was watching their version of 90210 today, their album of the Peach Pit would have 90s songs on it. Yeah. Hmm. That's true. That's there you how, go. That's how old yeah. we are. Feel old and yet? I love '90s music. So, <laughs> the Peach Pit is also like it's it's a '90s album featuring '70s and '60s songs right. set in a 1950s diner. Yeah. So, yeah, you go untangle it's that. It's all over yeah. the place. It all, yeah. yeah. It what all is this? A comes... Weezer song? <laughs> <laughs> because they did Happy Days, right. but then they were Brie right. Holly and Mandy Tyler Moore. Right. It didn't make any I sense. I remember. Yeah. I heard that episode. That made Nick so. That makes Nick very upset. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's too much. It it's too much. It's like if you were to do an acapella concert and you were in a 60s bunker yeah. during a zombie mm-hmm. apocalypse in But you're the 80s. all dressed in 80s clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. just confusing. Doesn't make it's any sense. Yeah. And you're you're singing modern songs. And there's no such thing as the a 60s 2000s. bunker. <laughs> Nobody ever goes what are you talks do? about a 60s bunker. <laughs> Hey, remember when you did an acapella concert just like that? I do. Okay, I do. Recall. I didn't know if you knew I was referencing that concert. No, nope, I, I. It's got good. It. It's good for the listeners. It's good for the listeners to know, though. Uh, All right. All well, right. Eric, thank um, you for thank you for joining us once again. Yeah. We do have another soundtrack to cover, but it'll be a couple of years, and that's all like. 2000s music yes. how do you feel oh yeah like uh yes. papa roach <laughs> maybe <laughs> I assume. maybe some michelle maybe. branch maybe. maybe maybe by the time we get there 90s music will have transitioned to 2000s oh, yeah. music got hey, me like so this run would be out the, a 90s song the next one would be the cw year so we can really put that my theory to test with because wb would have a larger music catalog there you go yes there you oh, go. We'll see. Yeah. we'll see if it's better Eric, music or if it's all just the same. Like, here's a song that hit number 50 in Scotland. <laughs> all right. Take us take us out. How do we do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just tell you that every other week I'm on this Endorian Life with my friend Steve Rudd. Steve and I saw the Rolling Stones together and heard them sing Satisfaction live. But you can go listen to us talk about Ewoks every other week. We're, we don't have very many episodes left, so we're going to be getting into Ewok comics and the Droids show pretty soon. So we're kind of looking I'm forward gonna, to that. I'm going to be on for the Droids show, yes, right? For sure. Hooray. Yes, we got to have you back. Absolutely. Uh, so that's what I'm up to. What, do you, what about you guys? What are you podcasting about these days? Uh, Ken and I do a podcast called 90210. Oh, wait, no. That's no, 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 no. Yeah. no. no. Kendra and I uh, do a podcast called 90s Music Got Me Like, and uh, Kendra and i we saw the rolling stones sing can't get no satisfaction when we saw them live yeah and we're actually nearing the end of the 90s so we're also going to be covering droids soon (laughs) wow okay now really going backwards competing podcast there no yeah that's what we did yeah our most recent song will have been how's it going how's it going to be by third eye blind okay well you can join us in two weeks when we dive into season seven with episode one remember the alamo oh yeah all right Eric, you got to do it. You got to take us oh, out. Oh, 90210. I'm sorry. Oh. 90210, here we go. Oh, you said well, it wrong, though. Oh, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> 9021, here we go. Did I do it got right? Got it. All right. Third time's the charm. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.